Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Watford Buzz podcast. Matt Messiano and Jordan Weimer here today. Two games to chat about, as well as other things as well. Shall we start off, Jordan, with Palace? Because we weren't able to get together after that game. Horrific performance. Um, I don't want to dwell too much on it because it was that bad. But it's important because I think everyone got a bit of a lift, a bit of, um, you know, maybe artificial hope after the Aston Villa game. And it came crushing down again at our feet after witnessing that dismal display at home to, to you know, our, our rivals, really, in, in Crystal Palace. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was really a crash down to reality, wasn't it? I think everyone was feeling, as you said, pretty positive after Villa. Um, change in shape, kind of a little bit more hopeful. Uh, we saw some things that kind of gave us some promise and some hope. And I, I think a performance like that against Palace, which is, you know, pretty much as badly as it could have gone, um, there's a brief moment where you kind of feel like we're, We've got a chance to turn things around when we equalised so quickly after the first goal. But from then on, it was just kind of dominance from Palace, really. We didn't really get back into the game. And yeah, it's depressing. Um, it's hard. There's obviously, you can, we, as you said, we could go through it in, in much funner detail. I'm not sure anyone really wants to listen to that at this point. Um, it, it was a difficult game to watch and it was, a, it was a tough one to kind of sit back and consider afterwards because there were so many negatives to, to kind of go through in that one. Mm. What were some of the key negatives? I just thought I just thought we were not we just weren't able to compete in so many areas of the pitch. We should have we should have been a little bit more a little bit more offensive at times. Um again, I don't think we committed the players forwards that we sometimes hope to, um, or at least kind of allow ourselves to be in a position to to contribute to attacks kind of further up the pitch. Things got quite stretched and then defensively we weren't we weren't as solid as we had been, but I just thought the balance of the team, we weren't kind of defending as a, as a, as a, as a team or, or attacking as a team. It felt very disjointed again. And that's always when we look bad, of course. Any team looks bad in that situation. But uh, us in particular, we look, we're look we very very prone to looking uh, looking disjointed. And I think that when you have a performance like that and it becomes exposed, you, you see how dangerous it can be. Um, we did a better job, obviously, against United, but I think um, I think there were some big holes there. Uh, and, and you know you can question some of the decisions that were made in terms of substitutions and stuff, but I, I just thought that we were not we're not at our game, and in a, in a match we had to kind of we had to impose ourselves a little more rather than letting Palace kind of roll over us and us reacting to them on the fly as we seem to have done. 
I, I think we just didn't really do enough, and and I think Palace kind of deserved that that win in the end, and it's quite clear by the way this the scoreline reflected it. Roy was criticised a little bit by going perhaps a bit too gung ho in the in, in the towards the end of the second half. And do you think that he had much much option other than to try and fight back? Maybe uh, leaving us a little bit exploited at the back. I mean, I don't think I, I don't think we committed enough to to even come close to saying we were being gung ho about it. I think we, you know, we started to push some bodies forwards, but your team has to be good enough to attack and defend in, in a fluid way. It can't just be a, a case of well, if you commit any bodies to attacking uh, situations, then you know you're you're kind of asking yourself to get to get hurt on the counter. I mean, look, we made two subs. He brought on Chuja Hernandez and, and Kayembe, which. One of them is a is an offensive substitution, but the other is very like for like. I don't think it was uh, like he came out in the second half, made a wholesale changes, and, and went for it. You know, brought on three strikers or anything. It was it was still relatively um, relatively conservative. I thought. I, I mean, I, I didn't see anything to say that it was it was too offensive. I just think that we were not able to kind of provide the balance we should be able to get from the players on the pitch. Look, it was a bad performance. It was really bad, and I thought Palace exposed our weaknesses really well. So credit to them. Uh, but it, it, we'd like to see a bit more of a mature uh, performance, not just from the not just from the, the playing staff, but also from the coaching. You'd, you'd expect to see some some differences and, and some changes, adjustments being made from the sideline. We just didn't see enough of it. I thought on all levels, we just weren't up to it. It was also uh, hard to uh, to see Will Hughes playing so well for Palace as well, particularly against us. Yeah, of course, of course. It, it, like it's not it's not what you want to see. It's not it's not good. Um, You'd like to see those players playing for us still, and you kind of can go back in not too, not too distant past, and you you can look at the players we had at our disposal compared to some of the positions that are filled now, and you you kind of can look back a little bit of frustration. And when you have them playing against you, it's it's magnified. And I think seeing Will Hughes back at Vicarage Road and playing well, it is frustrating. Um, you know, this is what happens. This this is the, this is the punishment you kind of have to take when you when you get yourself in the position that we've been in uh, over the last couple of years. So. Look, I mean, all we can ask for is that lessons are being learnt during this phase. That's that's the main thing because that performance right there, I mean, it, it's up there with worst of the season. It's up there with Norwich. It's you know, it's around those performances. So you'd hope at this point, after a few games, uh, Hodgson being here a little bit of time, and you'd hope that maybe we'd have t- kind of turned that corner a little bit and started to see this sort of performance fall away. You know, maybe you still do lose at home to, to Palace, but is it a little bit closer, or are you in the fight? Are you kind of posing more threats? Are you, are you being a little bit more positive? You'd like to see some some progression there, and I think that one was a real back step to uh, some of the positives we saw at Villa. Most fans, I I think Jordan have kind of resigned themselves already to the fact that Watford are going to most likely be relegated this season. But um, you know, is that the way you're feeling, or or, or do you do you still, do you still have some lingering hope, or is it just myself? No, I think it's. <laughs> No, look, man, you can have that opinion. I think it's a smart thing to do is to think we're relegated. That's a smart thing to do because you have to you have to look at the situation from from the reality of what it is. We are a, right now. I'd say we're a pretty bad team. Um, we're we're not we're not a good footballing side at the moment. We're not playing good football. We're not looking to to find ourselves. We're not looking to get us out ourselves out of this situation by going away going away from home trying to win these games, trying to find what it's, it's more about kind of being conservative, stay, staying within the game, trying to make things. I know we've got a point United we'll, we'll discuss shortly and the kind of the value of that point. But look, I just think we're in a situation right now where we've gone to a coach, a, a choice of coach, which is quite, quite negative. 
Uh, and I, I don't really see the, the spark that we'll need to kind of get ourselves out of the situation. I don't think it's enough to to bring in someone or to, to approach this in a way which is just asking for us to pick up a few points and try and remain tight and, and see what we can do. I think we have to be a little bit more aggressive. Maybe that's just, I'm wrong, obviously it's an opinion, but I, I haven't seen enough yet to suggest that I feel comfortable or confident even that we're going to break out of the situation. Having said that, there are teams around us which are struggling a little bit. Brentford coming back down to kind of this, this pack as well and there's opportunity for us to get out. It's just whether we can capitalise on the opportunity or not. And at this moment, I'm not entirely confident we can. However, it's a possibility. So as long as it's mathematically possible, then there's no reason to give up all hope. Um, I'm just not seeing some of the things I'd like to be seeing uh, to, to kind of give me that hope as much as I'd like anyway. Going into the United game off the back of that poor performance, was you surprised that there was just the one change to the to the lineup, Or do you think that there's, there wasn't really what, much else that he could do? And that was... To be fair, it was an enforced change anyway because Firmino was was out with injuries. So it was more or less, you know, the, the same eleven once again. Mm. What, was, what was your opinion on that one, Jordan? Do you, do you feel as though that was the right decision? Yeah, I mean, I think it was pretty much. I think the only change that everyone would have kind of really hoped for uh, would have been Joe Pedro in, in up front, perhaps. But he was obviously unavailable. So he kind of didn't really have too much choice there. In, in terms of personnel... I don't think there's too much to argue with, given what he had at his disposal. Maybe there could have been a shout for KMB for Cleverly, but I think Cleverly was fine for, for the role he was deployed in. So, yeah, I think personnel-wise, it was pretty much kind of what you'd expect. Um, mm. Yeah, it's kind of how I feel. I mean, you could argue, I guess, that perhaps we could have seen Dennis from from the beginning in the centre. Maybe you could have given a start to Hernandez and out wide on the left, perhaps, and maybe looked to go that way if you're really trying to get King out of the team. Uh, but like, I think I think this is pretty much the sort of lineup we're going to expect from from Hodgson. I think this is kind of where he's going. I like to see Loser in there again. That was a positive. I thought Loser was one of the small positives from the Palace game. It wasn't his best game, but he was. You could see the difference he makes. It makes having him in there, and I think that's that's one real key key positive. So the fact that that stayed the same is good. Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't too much different, and I don't think we could really expect too too much either. I think for me, I feel as though this is Watford's strongest, you know, possible barring maybe one. Uh, you know, lineup that they can produce, and so when you get that kind of result against Palace, it really deflates you because you're like, oh, I, don't, I don't know what else we can add to to yeah. <laughs> to combat that. Well, it's troubling, isn't it? And, and I do think that the thing is, I, do, I look, I think our personnel could be better. I think we could have a, we could have a better team. Simply, we could. Obviously, we could. Um, but having said that, I do think this team, that this squad, is capable of more than they're currently showing us. Um, I think we've seen glimpses of it. I don't think it's a bad, bad squad at all, but it it could be it could be improved. We just need to see them really harnessed in a way which actually allows them to play to their strengths. I don't think we're really seeing that right now. We've seen some improvement in certain areas, but it's still it's still lacking somewhat. And I, I think that's where the frustration comes from because we know we have got some attacking threat. Obviously, it's finding that balance, but I just want to see these forward players be allowed to play in a little bit more of a kind of a balanced manner and just see some threat in those in those areas. The Old Trafford game. Um against Man United, it felt as though Watford barely got um, a foot on the ball in the Man United half. It was it was pretty much, you know, backs to the ball for the, for the majority of the game. And they have some, come out with some credit, Jordan, for, for managing to, you know, make it all the way to the end and, and get that point. But um, I, I think, you know, if you're a Man United fan, you're probably very disappointed that you haven't taken the opportunities that, that were presented to you, you know, often through poor Watford performance or poor Watford mistakes that, that um, should have been capitalised on, really. 
Yeah, I mean, there was, it was a weird game, wasn't it? We we had some some phases we defended quite well, but there was a lot we kind of rode our luck. Um, yeah, I, it, I don't. It's, it's not, not it's performance not, it's under not one of those at. points where you can say, "Oh, we did well there." I feel like it's more a case of United not taking their opportunity, really. But yeah, it's a good exactly. I think you're right. It's a good point, but it's not one that you kind of you, you have as a foundation for hope. It's not something you think, "Oh, well." We defended well. We we did this right. We did pose some threat, and you can see where things are going to move on from. At least we've kind of got that to fall back on. It's it's, it's a good point, uh, but you don't really have that feeling of kind of assurance that you, you've got more to work off. And I just think that's the thing about that 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 result. It, we, we we did rather luck, and that's fine. There's going to be opportunities. We have to rather luck. I think that's that's a, that's a positive we can take away from it. But I would like to see that just that incremental sign of improvement. However, that game. We didn't see an absolute ton of it. I don't think we were particularly better than previous games. We just kind of got away with a few things. So there were some good individual performances. I have to, I have to say, I thought, I thought you know, Semir was great at the back, and uh, some defensive work was really, really, really well done. But it just, it wasn't the most inspiring yet again. No, there definitely were some positives to take out. I mean, I think probably the biggest positive to take out of it is that um, before Roy joined us this season, we hadn't managed a clean sheet. Uh, you know, for the entire season, and all of a sudden we've managed to pull three out of the last six. I mean, that's a, uh, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty decent, really. Or just, just looking at that fact on its own, um, it suggests that Watford have made improvements at the back. But um, at the same time, you know, it also feels as though Watford have lost something up front, and I'm not quite sure if I can put my finger on. And what that is, because the personnel have only improved from from the fact that we've got uh, Ismaili Assar back um, and that, um, you know, we've got Dennis able to play up alongside him. But somehow it, it feels to me as though we're, we're missing something there. And and I don't I don't I don't quite get it. Yeah, I mean, it, look, it's tough. There's there's a I think the, the big thing when it comes to our attack is there's such there's such vast gaps and distances that we have to make up in, in offensive areas and I think we have to find ways to kind of get the ball to Saar get the ball to Dennis and then get up and support them too often we're asking King to hold the ball up and with enough time to bring the others into play and you know, maybe get a ball forward to Saar who carries the ball and who's there to support it's just it's just very stretched uh, and I think we previously one of the benefits we've had with that front three is they're very mobile so generally if Saar is able to go on a run if Dennis is able to go on a run they're able to get support quite quickly we can play a little bit further up the pitch but I think when we are asking them to come so deep and help out defensively it's very difficult to to kind of manufacture those situations and you end up in in attacking phases where you're literally just trying to take the take your man on and just try and get to the box and work a shot rather than building up any sort of interplay it's very much through carrying the ball as opposed to getting the ball down playing playing a few a few passes into the opposition third mm. and then working some space it's very very rare that we're working space around the edge of the box um it's not a position that our midfielders or centre midfielders look to occupy at all everything is coming down from the wide areas anything that's central is generally one of our wide players carrying it in field so we're not going to create those sorts of attacking chances and you know that that sort of attacking play is a is a is a large portion of how how teams work their shots on goal. So if you take that out, you are asking a lot of your players individually, uh, and if they're not performing or if they're not able to beat their man, if they're up against a quality player, but they're, they're just struggling in that game, then it, it can really affect your attack, and it makes it much harder to build a structure off when you're asking for these kind of individual moments when you, you don't have that fallback of patterns of play or understanding where to be in attacking situations or switching players in for other players you're asking for the quality of that one individual to shine through so if that's not going for you that game then it, it can really affect you and in, in a game like uh, the previous one against Man United when they are playing against better defenders then 
it's, it's very difficult to execute and be productive with. I also feel as though our quality in possession has declined somewhat, Jordan. The, the, the passing just seems to be woeful at the minute. We can't seem to, to accurately play a ball, you know, that's maybe 10 yards away from, from the next player. It's, we can't, how, what's going on? Is it Premier League players? It, it feels like we've just got loser on the ball and that's pretty much it at times. It, it's difficult. I think we don't find, we, the thing is we're playing in, the, in, a, in a sense, in a, in a way that's not looking to retain possession, not looking for the ball. We're looking to, get forward if we have the ball kind of from wide areas looking to play that ball forward or get get in early try and run past and it's it's not allowing ourselves to open up for possession as i said kind of touching on earlier playing around the edge of the box the same the same fundamental ideas aren't coming into play in midfield either it's very rare we've got any interplay between the midfielders uh which is one thing when you're playing a two-man midfield and you're looking to get the ball forward early but when you've got that three in midfield you want to kind of utilize that and retain some possession and Losers often kind of looking for the fullback or looking for the wide man, but it's it's becoming quite tough to to see how we how we progress the ball because as you say that the passing's been poor. So many times have we seen that possession wasted or squandered just because we can't play a, a simple pass. And I think that's down to a level of confidence um, and and also having to play into some more difficult situations. And and sometimes the, the players are looking up, you can see, especially loser. But loser's definitely more confident in in playing the ball into risky areas. But lots of times players are looking up for a pass and there's just no one really in a position to receive the ball with any sort of means of progression afterwards. It's just very hopeless at times. And it, it leads to us holding onto the ball a little bit too long or just kind of trying these hopeful passes upfield or alternatively, which we see a lot of as well, is a, a back pass or a pass into midfield that's safe and we don't really do anything with possession. So it, it's a tough situation to be in. Um, but if you're not asking your players to be confident on the ball, you're not asking them to look for the ball, in the places that you want to see then it's going to happen that way unfortunately and we just end up in a situation where we are trying to be a little bit more I think pragmatic might be the wrong term but conservative in, in the sense that we're not trying to lose the ball in some of the more advanced situations and get counted on You, you mentioned earlier that um, you, you thought Samir uh, had a good game against Palace and I felt like he had a, another good game against United alongside Craig Cathcart as well in fact, in fact um, I, I'd like to include Ben Foster in that sort of defensive unit as well having uh, particularly good games uh, against their old uh, well their, their, their old team I suppose in United is there anyone else that you'd like to pick out for you know having um, you know individual moments of you know uh, of quality despite the fact that as a team it was it was a relatively poor showing from them I think you nailed it. I think they're the ones you look at. That kind of back three in Foster, Cathcart and, and Samir stood out. I think Kamara had some moments too. Um, he's still been relatively positive, but it wasn't um there weren't great performances. But I just think I just think Samir Samir and Cathcart just did everything they needed to do. I thought Samir was really combative and, and won the ball well. He was smart in the way he played. His use of the ball was good. He did hit it forwards kind of longer at times and kind of played into some more safer areas, but that's that's fine. He did everything defensively you could ask of him. He was he's physical but able to kind of move around the pitch and, and kind of intercept those passes, pick up the ball, recycle a little bit. I thought he was very good. Foster obviously some great saves against against United. He came off his line really strongly. Um I thought his I thought his aggression off the line was better than we've seen before. Uh, he he was he was executing it well, but he's just being a little bit more proactive and I really liked that from him. Uh, I think it, it suited him well, and I think it looked it, it was a good look on our defence. I think it allowed us to be a little bit more aggressive defensively too, because you know you've got that keeper that's pressing it behind you as well. So that was positive. 
Uh, but apart from that, honestly, it's hard to sit down and, and say there were real kind of good performances in there. Mm. There was some there was some carrying from Sissoko against United, which was good. There was a couple of players in particular who managed to take the ball out and, and beat a few players who didn't really have the option on to, to continue it past that. But look, they're still not, when, on the whole, they're still both, even though the points, even though the kind of, the rewards the two games are different. The, the, the performances themselves are still not not great, I'd say, across the two. Mm. Ismail Yassar didn't have um, a particularly great performance, but it will require him to have some good ones if we have any hope of, of getting out of this by the end of the season. Currently, um, we're not sure about his availability for this uh, upcoming Arsenal fixture. He was receiving treatment at the end of the United game, and we're still not really sure uh, what the actual issue is there do you think it could be um something to do with the issue that he had earlier with with his um with his knee or it could be knee i'd say that i mean i'm really just making a, a judgment assessment here but I, it looked kind of like he was holding a bit of hamstring and and maybe just kind of a, a bit of a tweak hopefully it's something that's relatively minor but i think it's probably one we're not going to know too much until it, it kind of comes down to uh the team news on i guess the game on sunday so we get the team news on friday uh, but hopefully he's available. Obviously, we know how crucial he is. He hasn't had his best game, but I, I do think that he's um, he's obviously going to be a big part to, to whatever we do in terms of trying to stay up. So him being available for those sorts of fixtures, especially against the bigger teams, I think is crucial. Having that pace and the ability to break on the counter-attack, we need Ismail Asar in there. Mm. Uh, we have to have him and Dennis to give us the best threat mm. we can, uh, and hopefully that he he's able to play and hopefully to start, more importantly. Yeah. Joshua King was also seen to be um, hobbling a bit, holding his back, I think. But it's believed that that's not too serious from what from the, the club's been reporting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think if you if you're playing on with a back injury, generally it's probably be relatively minor. Um, if you had a serious back injury, you'd probably not be staying on the pitch. So I, I think it's probably going to be something they're just going to have to monitor during the week, and he'll be good to go if needed. Although I wouldn't surprise me too much if if Josh King is to make way. Um, if should Jao Pedro be fit, I wouldn't be entirely surprised if we saw him in there uh, coming into this one. Or maybe I'm just kind of a bit of wishful thinking that we'd see Pedro start. But at it's, least it's we been have other to miss out, really, hasn't he, Pedro? It's you know, he, not like he's not um, in good form. He, he's he's been showing promise every time he he gets his opportunity. Yeah, he has, and we talk about kind of interplay around the box and, and someone that's able to someone that's able to help us in the situations where we want to retain a bit of possession. He's not, I, I think Josh King is better at running channels and holding the ball up in that capacity, kind of winning throw-ins in the other half, and etc. But I think Josh King, oh, sorry, I think Joe Pedro will at least give you a little bit more quality when it comes down to that final third play, whether it be getting shots into goal, or getting himself into good position to score, or uh, bring the others into play when he's in those tighter areas. I like Joe Pedro. I like how he carries the ball from deep. He's also someone that can come back and offer you something defensively too. I think that sometimes gets a little bit overlooked. There's not too much, in my opinion, uh, as to why you wouldn't want to see uh, Joe Pedro in that central position. So I think given the situation we're in, the, the type of game we're going into and what we'll need to see, uh, in, in terms of players coming out there and, and, and helping us kind of be a little bit more precise in that fi- final play and that kind of around the edge of the box and, and getting into that final third. I like how jo- how Joe Pedro offers a little bit more in that in that sense. So maybe we, I think it's probably likely that Hodgson stays with King. I think just he, he appreciates that work rate and, and the intensity he can provide. But uh, I think the stage we're at at this point in the season, I would like to see us be a little different. In terms of that area of the pitch for Watford, uh, it's got slightly lighter after it was confirmed that Ashley Fletcher has completed a loan move to the MLS, uh, joining the New York Red Bulls on an initial six-month mm. loan with an option to buy. 
Um, I mean, it's telling how his chances have been for Watford because I was watching the uh, the welcome video for them and I think there was a, one clip from, from him playing for Watford out of six or seven that they showed of him. Um, mm-hmm. He's only had 27 minutes of Premier League football this season. Managed just that one goal in in the uh, in the cup for for Watford, but you know, crucially, he didn't have game time. I guess, but was he always considered to be never the right quality to to you know to merit the chance, Jordan? Yeah, I think so. I think it's. I think he was brought in as, as an emergency uh, backup kind of situation where you know maybe you want an alternative in in terms of style, or maybe maybe you just feel that he's of an age where he could contribute should we need him to as a cup player. He was obviously able to play in the cups for us and someone that can help fill out fixtures. Obviously the five-year contracts always be discussed, but if a club's offering, if a club aren't that, aren't that dumb, they're going to offer a, a massive five-year deal that's completely unsuitable for the club, I'm sure. Um, there's lots of benefits to doing that in terms of spreading out bonuses and, 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 and different sorts of structure to the deal. Um, so I, I don't think it's a huge issue. I think the fact we signed him... It, we, I don't think anyone really thought he was coming in to be a, a main contributor. Uh, so I, I'm not really feeling too bad about it. He went on to a different team now. He's gone to he's gone to play in the MLS, and that's that's good for him. I think it suits us. It's absolutely fine. And look, just look at him as a as a squad player, and he's, he's moved on. Do you think Watford have made a profit out of this, Jordan? I think they probably made a small loss, but it's not a small loss. When I hear uh, option to option to sign, I, I guess in my head that means a fee, but maybe maybe there's not. Well, there might be a small fee, but until that's triggered, I'll I'll think of it as as not active. But um, even if it is active, it depends. You know, it depends on the way situation. Depends what sort of bonus he got, signing on fee he got. It, it could yeah, be true. that the club settle on something which is around breaking even. Generally, if he's signing as a free agent, he's going to get a decent signing on fee. So, you know, it's probably if if they if New York was paying anything around one one point five million, that's probably what you're kind of looking at. I imagine. Okay, fair enough. All right, let's move on to some questions now then, Jordan. I'll start off with um, with one myself, and it's not really actually my question. I need to uh, to give some credit here to Lou Horns, who um, we, we often um, mention on this show. He's put out a little uh, a tweet asking uh, if you're feeling disconnected with the club or not. And so far, it's, it's had a you know quite a decent um, amount of votes on it. Over 1,000 people have, have had their say, and 73% of people so far have, have said that they do feel disconnected with the club. And... Uh, I'm I'm not surprised actually, Jordan, because at the minute I don't really know what kind of football club Watford is. I don't, I, you know, if someone said to me, you know, how do Watford play or what's their style, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you what what they are really. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a time that you're always going to feel more disconnected when things aren't going well. Of course, uh, it's always going to be the case. I, I think that. I think given the situation, there's going to be a little bit of discontent in there and, and people aren't going to be overly happy with how things are going, which is it's completely fair. And I think going along the lines of, as you said there, there's the, that disconnect also comes from a lack of understanding of maybe objective and not kind of from a broader sense. Obviously, our objective is pretty clear in, in terms of avoiding relegation, but how we are looking to approach things. Uh, communication from the club has been quite lacking this year, which is always quite telling. You know, when things are going relatively well in the championship, there's a lot more communication, a lot more d- discussion of kind of what's being done and more willingness to have these fan forums, et cetera. But then when you're in these situations where club, when fans really want to speak to the owners and, and kind of the higher ups, it's always when they're at their quietest, it seems. So th- th- it's going to be a frustrating time. And I, I think we all kind of feel a little bit like that. Um, or, you know, I think the changing of coaches and, and players obviously plays a part too. You don't maybe become as, as invested as you did previously in, in, in some of these. So, I think it's a it's a combination of a lot, a lot of factors kind of rolling into one 
quite united feeling. I think everyone feels to different degrees disconnected. I'd say I'm probably somewhere somewhere in the middle, but I kind of respect people at either end of the spectrum, I think. Mm. How do you feel about it? What's your what's your personal feelings on, on that situation? Well, I just don't feel as though I understand the the club and it makes it difficult for me to get behind what the what what the plan is. I kind of get what you're what you're saying there. I think what you're trying to get at is that the comings and goings kind of coaches, players, it's not so much of a deal if you kind of know what you're in for, you can see the direction things are going, you at least see kind of an, an idea of the objective. But once you start to lose track of that and you end up just feeling quite quite separated and everything feels quite kind of uh, kind of off the cuff, it, it starts to feel less engaging and you, you don't really kind of know what you're attaching yourself to anymore apart from the apart from the colours in the stadium. So I I get it, I get it. And I think until until we do see those changes, I think there's going to be a pretty pretty consistent view of that uh a feeling of that same same thing i don't think it's going to change until until we see more from the uh from the ownership there maybe maybe things like some discussion from the from the owners and some maybe a fan forum or something just to kind of explain i don't know even that actually to be honest as i say that i realize how that's not even going to help is it because we know the sort of actual kind of discussion that will be taking place during that and it's not going to be the, the open honest thing that we need at this point so I think it's probably going to be down to a situation of until we see action and change on and off the pitch. That's where we're at. Yeah, I think I think one of the questions that we need to ask ourselves as Watford fans is, are we still happy with this model? And if we're not, when is the time to stand up and say, I would like the ownership to change? I mean, it's not it's not a choice that we can make, really, but we can apply pressure if we decide that we no longer as a as you know as a majority are in favor of the way that the model is being run initially i think we we were all relatively supportive of it um you know we have to remember that um there the potsos have, have done some fantastic things for the club uh, particularly you know off the field in terms of um you know revitalizing the stadium and, and then you know on the field bringing uh, you know premier league football to to you know to a to the town on a regular basis which you know has, has never really been the case and I think we'll always be grateful to them for that but if they insist on the model that perhaps we no longer support then I don't know how we can continue to support the ownership because we will be unaligned with our uh, beliefs. Yeah I think it's also the fact that we're not we're not really following the model anymore as such it feels like I think that's part of the problem too isn't it? Is that the problem? Do you think that we're not following the model anymore? Well, I think going half, we've kind of taken some half measures on it, which I don't think helps things. Uh, and we kind of, I think that's where the disconnect comes from in a lot of ways. We don't feel like we know that the direction we're all pulling in, so it feels disjointed and it feels hard to kind of get behind. That's that's the impression I have. But look, I think these discussions are going to continue for a while yet yeah, as to whether. Uh, we're doing the right thing and the ownership are in the position to or, or making the right decisions. I think everything's going to be very heavily scrutinised until until there's a bit more resolution on it. Yeah, I think we're some way away from people, you know, asking for, you know, for the process to step aside. I, I'm certainly not there yet, but um, I feel as though the questions might be coming. I'm not sure we're a long way from that, though. I'm not sure we're a long way from people. I think people are, some people are asking for that now. It might be a small minority and obviously if we're gauging it by by online social media and stuff maybe that's an unfair thing for us to do but it, it's still happening to some to some degree so i mean look if it if it starts somewhere it's only going to spread and i think as each game goes by that we kind of leave the game feeling like this it, it 
you know, it's going to only increase. And I think if you look at these big objectives, these big markers coming into the season, we have got, if we have got relegated, if we, we start to lose players and then we start to, you know, once that transfer window starts and we're actually bringing players in, if people aren't happy with some of those moves or, or how we're handling things, it's just going to ramp up and ramp up. And then suddenly next season becomes, a, again, another defining year and it's it, it can snowball. So I think things have to be addressed and we have to, we have to see that if it's not going to come from a, a kind of uh, an open dialogue between the, the club and the fans, then the only way to see the change is what they actually produce on the pitch. And right now it's not looking exceedingly promising. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Right, well, uh, after that um, uh, <laughs> depressing uh, statement and very, very, uh, you know, very open and honest, Jordan. Do we have any um, questions from uh, from any listeners? I'm, and I'm hopeful some of them are, some, some of them are, are going to uh, make me feel better, but I don't know if they will. Let's well, I'm not sure about that, but I'll have a look. Um, right. Yeah, so not as not overly positive, but there are some obvious ones for which players do you think will leave this summer after relegation and which ones that may or may not want to leave would you really want to hold on to? Okay, so rather than go through the whole squad and kind of pick out everyone we think will leave or stay just for the in the interest of time, we might just discuss a couple of players we think would definitely be off and some players, and maybe to be a little more positive, who are some players that you think could stay uh, that maybe would have interest from elsewhere, but we should be able to or could retain and, and help us next season. Do you have anything come off the top of your head? Or? Yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to get Tom's opinion on this as well. So I think we'll probably um, go into this in more detail in a future pod. But um, just to start off, um, actually, I spoke to uh, my, my uh, 
friend at work about this today and um, we, we named about 15 players that we thought would be leaving. Uh, I'll start with all three goalkeepers. So there you go. <laughs> That's All three of those are off. Um, I'm pretty sure that um, in terms of defence, Femenia will be off. I don't see him kicking around for another stay in the championship. Um, I would like to see Messina go, so I'm going to include him in my in my list. Uh, and I'd also like to see Cabaselli go, so I'm including him in my list. Um, and I'd like to see Trust Econ go, so I'm including him. Um, sorry, Trust, I, I love you, but um, actually, I love Cabaselli as well. To be fair, but I just don't. I just, I, I, I would like to see something different um, in midfield. Um, I think that uh, it will be the end of the road for Cleverly. I think that um, Sissoko probably won't want to make the drop down to the championship. Um, I think that Kuchka, um, you know, probably isn't good enough for the championship, let alone the Premier League. Um, so those are three from there. Up front, I believe that uh, Saar and Dennis will earn deals away. Probably deserved. And... Um, Fletcher's already gone today, so yeah, there, there's a, that's a few just to start off, start off with. Um, any of those you disagree with, or, or that you'd like to add to that, Jordan? Um, I, I don't think the club will move a Kong. I think they'll, I think they'll feel that he has qualities in the championship and can kind of combine with some of his. Just think some of the character he brings to the, to the squad. I think he'll probably be retained. I think I don't think I think Kiko Femeni would also stay. Really, um, you think so? Yeah. I do. I do. I think he's a. I think he's quite comfortable from everything I understand at Watford. I think he's pretty happy uh, in his surroundings and being the age that he is, you know, thirty-one turning thirty-two. I don't think he's going to have aspirations of of moving to anywhere in particular. Uh, in terms of, I don't think a Premier League club is probably the come for him. I think maybe if he was to move, he got a La Liga offer, perhaps. But I think he'd also be reasonably willing to stay. I think he probably enjoyed his time in the Championship. In terms of, um, in terms of others. Uh, it's kind of tough. I think the centre backs in Cabaselli could be one that will, that will be kind of moved on, um, and and perhaps they'll kind of make room for a, a more uh, kind of a younger profile, someone that maybe suits the, the way of structure a little bit more. And then the four areas, I think you're pretty much right. I think uh, I think Dennis and, and Saar uh, are the two likely to be moved on. There's obviously potential for Pedro too. I'm sure there'll be some interest, but I'm not quite sure that anyone will truly meet the valuation that we hold uh, Pedro under. So that would be remain to be seen. But look, I think there is play, there are players in there which do have quality and that could be helpful. I think the thing is, is how do we supplement that? Because there are going to be outgoing. So as long as the incomings are correct, or at least mostly correct, then we do have a chance of building a pretty good squad. Uh, it just depends on, you know, we've got to kind of weigh these situations up and, and see the kind of best fit and how we can balance it out. We didn't do a bad job of it last time. Um, I, I think we could have done better. We have got a few players as well to consider, you know, the likes of uh, Tom Dilly Bashiru returning. If we could possibly convince Zinc and Nagel to, to play in the championship with us again, that'd be great. Whether or not he's willing to after this after this last season is unclear. But, you know, there are options for us and there are things that we can do. So I, it should be an interesting one. And if we get relegated, or even if we don't, it's going to be a fascinating window regardless because I think there's a, there's a lot of need for change uh, in either situation. I think the, the, the squad, uh, given the losses that we're going to be expecting um unless it is improved significantly is a lower to middling championship squad at best in my opinion i don't know if i'm maybe uh underselling it but i just don't feel as though there is real there there is the real quality there other than maybe well not maybe other than, other than pedro and 
I don't know who else really. Who else? Who else is really quality in that that, that we have left from those um, players? Well, I think I think loser. Yeah, true. If he stays, yes, yes. I think Kamara um, also. I think I think the things you have to remember too. There's lots of players in the team that got promoted, which is a team that we kind of a lot of the a lot of the the reason we kind of deem ourselves getting promoted up for the previous season was down to the fact that we had quality that could overpower opposition. Now, obviously, under a large part of that was Ismail Assar, but that's also a team that featured Adam Masson regularly, Trista Kong, uh, Tom Cleverley. These are all players that were playing part of a team that we described as one of the more talented in the league. So, I think we have to. I think we have to maybe give the players a little bit more credit to to kind of their ability than what we're seeing and they're capable of better than what they're showing this season and they are capable of providing the better performances across the course of a, of a championship season but also the way they use as well and, and put in different environments it's hard to rate players um in the premier league and the championship but you can see there's some there's some difference in how they're going to play and for example you know you have someone that's suited to a more possession dominant team say kicker for Menya in the championship he was arguably the best right back in the league that year super productive going forwards did well defensively but you put him in a team where it's kind of asking a little bit more of a defensively he's not able to show that offensive mindset and it's it kind of disrupts things a little bit so I think we've got to be a little bit more generous there I wouldn't say lower uh, championship by any means I think we'd be I think we could most likely be a playoff team but as I said, it's still kind of down to decisions that we have to we have to make in those crucial areas and kind of balancing out those incomings and outgoings because obviously it's a team sport. It's, it's a squad it's a squad game as well. Over the course of the season, you have to make tons of changes, especially in the championship. So it's hard for us to judge right now. I think it's very difficult to sit there and say what what our position would be based on on our team currently because we know how many changes there will be. So it, it's a real tough one to answer. I think it's one that kind of remains to be seen. Indeed. Okay. Um... So this one's from Frederick. For real, what does Tom Cleverly contribute to the team? Do you have any feelings on that first, Matt? Um, I think he contributes quite a lot in terms of his uh, leadership uh, qualities. Um, he never gives up on uh, on the ball, which I think is very admirable. Um, and he's very likeable, which, uh, I mean, as fans, most of us, really like him and I imagine the players are also like you know like him as well and I I guess get that feeling that when you like somebody you kind of work even harder for him you know in terms of um what does he have on the pitch to offer other than his sort of like dogged determination as the years go by less and less unfortunately um it's clear that he's not able to last 90 minutes anymore which is sad um and i think that um his passing is is showing signs of um getting worse but um let me hand over to yourself jordan yeah i think i I think he's a i think the the main thing he offers is industry um he's gonna he's gonna do what you ask him off the ball if you want him to play a certain way he's gonna give him everything he's gonna give you everything he can I still think he does have some use, and I still think he'd have some use in the championship if used correctly. But look, he, he's a player that's—he's a player that is going to always provide you more off the ball and on it. Uh, I think in possession he can be fine, but if you're asking him to play in some difficult areas, and especially if he's not getting much offered to him when he does have possession, he's never going to be the person that's going to find that gap, um, like say loser. So it's, it's a difficult situation for him. It's not ideal for him right now, but I think he can offer. Uh, a significant amount when it comes to to closing the opposition, but is that enough? It's up for debate, and I think that's why people feel that way, uh, feel the way they do about Tom Cleverley right now. 
Um, okay, questions. I think a couple messaged. Um, this is this is a question from. I actually don't know the name of the um, of the person that sent it. It's from a, a, an account called the Chef's Table Event UK. So <laughs> anyway, um, Chef's it might be his name. Maybe it's Chef's Table. Anyway, what what the question? Is it a bit simplistic to think we should be in a healthier position than when we were relegated two years ago? Three players out of contract with ten million plus in annual wages saves, contractual wage reductions, and all new contracts. Uh, Do yeah, you mean so, financially so the, that we should be in a healthier position? Yeah, financially, but also in a position to... Two seasons ago? Yeah, and in turn, put in a position to challenge perhaps better because you have a more stable financial situation. Yes, I can see that train of thought in the sense that we have the, the new players signed theoretically based off what we've been told will be in, in a position where they're not going to be obligated to to pay them Premier League wages, which we were for a portion and in many ways I'm sure hamstrung us a little bit in terms of who we could bring in because we knew we were committed to playing a cert- paying a certain wage uh, for some of the bigger owners you know Andre Gray's or Etienne Capuz etc uh, so that is that is a potential and of course if you are getting the income from the players you're looking to sell we we know we'd be looking to sell Saar Dennis uh, then that, that's two kind of two guys there you're looking to make some money off so yeah in, in a way we might be in a position where we could go down and look to actually spend a little bit in the market and, and try and find ways to to bring players in that, that suit the team and look to progress us a little bit maybe look domestically a little bit more and kind of look within the championship as opposed to last time we did stick with what we had with a few additions quite quite a lot um all the players we had were still kind of left over from that that previous season so yeah it might be a different approach because of the financial situation we're in i think it's a good question i think it's a good point to raise because it is slightly different to the previous year we were in a little bit more of an awkward situation especially when we're still adjusting to the, to the kind of changes through covid too uh, and we had a lot of players to to kind of rehome uh, it was quite a difficult situation and we actually did an okay job of, of finding our way through that that minefield of a transfer window so i think this time we could i think it's definitely a, a good point you could argue a better situation there uh, how do you feel about that yeah i mean Obviously, we don't know the figures, but um, I feel as though, based on the things that we do know, things like the fact that we've changed a lot of the contract situation so that people uh, will be uh, you know, getting a slightly reduced contract as per the terms when we get relegated. Sorry, if we get relegated. Um, and the fact that um, we, didn't, we haven't really made many um, massive transfer payments in terms of uh, big spendings this season. So... We should be relatively okay, I think. But again, I don't know the the real the real you know ins and outs of of what the what the balance sheet says. But I feel as though you know uh, you know the the chef's table <laughs> is uh, is correct that um that that we will probably be in a healthier position uh, being relegated this time, which will hopefully help us to um uh, you know be a bit more challenging in the uh, transfer market. We'll take a few, we'll take a few more risks. Yeah. Yeah. So- take a few more risks in the market perhaps um so yeah a little bit of a, that's kind of a positive question and uh, a point that we hadn't considered or discussed yet so thanks for that chef table event um and i've got one more here this is from jack who's asked a few questions previously as well so a couple of questions um first one what do you make the what do you make of the way that roy has conducted himself in the media seems bizarre to me how do you feel quite derogatory he said how do you feel on that one um, yeah, I did hear that actually. It was aimed at Jeff Doyle, wasn't it? Because someone who um, I know very well, having worked with him at, at BBC Three Counties. So, what was the actual? What was the quote? What was the kind of just paraphrase it for me? Um, sure it was I... just Roy was a bit snappy. I think Jeff said something along the lines of, um, "What's your message to the fans?" Um, 
uh, and Rory was like, what do you mean? I don't really have a message. And uh, Jeff kind of followed up by saying, um, well, do, you know, how would you um, sort of like um, console them? And and Rory was kind of like saying, uh, well, I, I don't I don't think I have to. <laughs> and um, I mean, it's I, after the after the Palace game. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I think it's very honest of Roy to to, to say that, but um, I, I do feel as though the fans kind of wanted an, an apology, or I don't know, maybe they maybe maybe the fans wanted at that point, you know, the kind of like aged old sentence that comes out all the time, which is sort of like we're gonna you know we're gonna carry on fighting, and you know we're sorry that you saw that performance, and even though sometimes we don't even believe the managers mean it, yeah. <laughs> and so I suppose it it kind of feels nice that Roy was being honest. We kind of wanted it because because we were we felt so hard done by after that game but uh, you know it what managers say does, does it really matter sometimes I don't know. well no it doesn't but it could though I think that's one of the things that you feel that disconnection from from the team again I know not every club has this and a lot of clubs would like to have a manager that spoke a little bit more openly but there's nothing there's nothing really stopping them out I know you could maybe say that it, it maybe kind of digs his own grave if he, if he points out mistakes his own conference when you've got an ownership that are watching you the whole time but they're they're just as aware I think it would be refreshing uh, to have a manager in a situation and say, look, I got something wrong. This is what I got wrong. We're going to try and rectify it. These are decisions we need to make going forward. We have to find ways to be better. Apologies to fans. I'm sorry, but look, this we this is our intention. We, we didn't go there to set out to lose, of course, but we can say what went wrong. We can see what went wrong. We're going to work on it and make sure this doesn't happen again or try our best to make sure this doesn't happen again. Now, you can phrase that in whatever way, whatever way you like. You can be as uh, as clear or as kind of aggressive with that statement or you can kind of you know sugarcoat it a little bit and make it a little bit more tempered whatever you feel but something a little bit more honest or at least kind of open to to understanding as to why the fans feel a certain way they do or at least kind of say look we feel the same way this is our this is our mess up we, we made a mistake here this is how we're going to fix it no one's going to hold you in it no one's going to judge you negatively for having that open dialogue with the fans no one's ever if they do then you know, that's on the fans. So I think we've asked so long for coaches and players to speak a little bit more openly, a little bit more clearly and kind of not talk. I say talking down to us isn't the right idea. Maybe it's a little bit unfair to say, or it's not necessarily patronising, but we all know it's this kind of, this this considered response without any real content to it. It's just empty and kind of fluff. So it would be nice. And I think that would be certainly better than uh, than what we got or what, what you kind of told me about there. But you know, maybe even just a kind of traditional standard managerial response to being a little bit more palatable than than what we actually got. Yeah, okay, last thing real quick. Where on earth is Sirialta? Have we seen the last of him at Watford? I don't think we've seen the last of him. I think that he'll probably be a part of the championship team next season should we get relegated. And yeah, he's just not being favoured, whether that's through him being a little bit stiff perhaps or maybe we just don't want that sort of aggression uh, in, in the central area and, uh, and Hodgson feels that Samir is better. I think that's it's fair to say that given the situation, the way we're asking to play, Samir probably fits the team a bit better. And I think Craig Cathcart's just a trusted trusted player for Hodgson. What about you, Matt? Um, I don't really think that you can argue too much about the fact that Samir and Cathcart have been uh, chosen because they are quite honestly doing a, a decent job and it's hard to say that considering that we've you know we've been losing games or or not playing particularly well but those two have, have been doing relatively well so I don't feel as though you know Shirata needs to be put in straight away but what I would say is why isn't he on the bench I, I'm, I'm not quite sure why Cabaselli is being favoured over Shirata you know maybe it's just my old kind of like um hang-ups here but I, you know I never really thought Cabaselli was that great and I do rate Sirauta, although what I have 
seen of him in the Premier League so far this season when he has played. He has made a few rash decisions and, you know, probably not given himself the best light to uh, that, that, that he's shown. So, you know, there are those mistakes that he's made this season. But um, I, I'm surprised that he's not on the bench at the very least. But uh, hopefully he doesn't um, get too angry with that because I think we'll need him next season in the Championship. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Okay, I think that pretty much that much covers everything, Matt. It does indeed. Um, we've had one review in. Uh, comes from Nick O. Uh, Nick says, it's a great pod, five stars. Uh, in a really tough season, listening to the three of you helps me make sense out of repeated mistakes by the club. I have moved to a zen-like state recently by accepting we are down and looking forward to August. After Saturday, though, it's the hope that kills you. Keep up the good work, Nick <laughs> O. Well, thank you very much, Nick O. Yeah, well... And uh, you're right, it is the hope that kills you, and it certainly killed me after Crystal Palace, I can tell you. Yeah, well, as we said numerous times before, we are in it together. Absolutely. But thanks for the review. Always appreciated. Well, thanks very much. Um, we'll bring a close to it today. Um, where's Tom then? I suppose, was he on the was he on the allotment again, Jordan, do you reckon? Oh, it must have been, wasn't he? Where, 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 where was Tom? What was where his was reason? Tom? I didn't even see the reason. I don't think he had a very good one today. No, I didn't even look for Let's it. Let's get some reviews in saying, yeah. uh, where's Tom? Why does he keep disappearing every now and again? Yeah, look, you know, <laughs> anything that goes wrong with this podcast, I hope you realise it's 99% of the time down to Tom. It is. Yeah, Tom's um, the reason I've be... been losing recently. He is, yeah. <laughs> he is indeed. Not just for the podcast being late or not coming out, it's also because uh, because of Tom that we're losing. So be sure to to get in touch with Tom and kind of you know, let him know that he's got to get, get his shit together and... Make sure he's available to to talk to us on the podcast. Otherwise, you have to just listen to, listen to the two of us, which is not as fun, I'd imagine. <laughs> you need that but, um, honest criticism from Tom to chirp in. And the trains, of course. We miss the trains. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not really sure what Tom provides other than the trains, but it, it's, <laughs> I, do, I do enjoy it when he's here. So, yeah, try and get him on, please. All right, then. Well, from myself and just Jordan this time, um, we've, uh, you know got for it after uh, talking about some disappointing games hopefully Arsenal is going to be uh, a great one we've had some good uh, games of Arsenal in, in recent years haven't we hopefully this is going to be uh, another classic yeah so I remember that Guardiola effort that's the one that I remember all the time whenever I think oh yeah Arsenal, for yeah. sure yeah that's a great that was a great game I, were you at that game I was actually yeah it was yeah it must have been that we must have, it's considering we've never never actually met it must have been a ton of actual games to go. I mean, especially home games, but away games too. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Ships crossing in the night, hey? Um, <laughs> One day we'll go to a game again. One day. There you go. There you go. Well, there you go. Hope. Ending on hope. Yeah, and again, I think it'll be nice for us to discuss if things go well. It'd be nice for us to sit here and discuss things in a little bit more of a positive manner and kind of break down some of the uh, some of the more fun aspects of the game rather than sit here and uh, discuss the negative. So on to the next one and uh, um, some, for some reason I'm still looking forward to it despite the fact that I know we probably shouldn't. Yes, good stuff and good words, Jordan. Thank you very much. Well, thanks again. It's myself, Matt Messiano and Jordan closing it out. It's been another Watford buzz and we'll see you after Arsenal. Goodbye. Thank you once. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.